Welcome back to System and Trivia, the podcast where we infuriatingly imitate each other. This is Brent. Yeah? <laughs> Don't. Do I'm not. I'm Jathan, not reading docs. <laughs> Jathan, do not. So help me. <laughs> All right. Daddy. All right. Oh, fuck. Okay. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Yeah, you guys ever see Brent out on the street? You just look at him and you go, "What's up, big daddy?" Oh my don't, god! Please dude, don't do. Can that. you not? Never, it's ever. So uncomfortable. Don't do that, please. If you uh, do that to him, I, I think I might actually find you and beat you to a pulp. When you're done vomiting, yeah. When I'm done vomiting, correct. Yeah, correct, correct. Javon kind of reminds me of like those. Uh, I think they're like a certain kind of bug or something. And when a frog like a cricket, yeah. When a frog, well, not no. It's the one that replaces their tongue. What sort of? It's when a frog tries to eat them, it Uh makes it just super sick. Oh, oh, okay. So the the frog has to like vomit up its stomach and like clean out the inside and stuff. But it like it just it doesn't. It hates the taste of it. And I feel like that's Javon. Like he just like he'll just do things that just make you sick to your stomach sometimes. And I'm gonna try my hardest to make sure he doesn't do it on air. So fingers crossed. It's crime scene dead body smell. Is what Jathan is essentially. Is what you're trying CSI to say. CSI Jathan. Jathan is, is literally a decomposing corpse in a crime scene. <laughs> and, but like, it turns out like he killed himself, but he cloned himself first. So like, <laughs> all the characters are just Jathan. <laughs> Well, there was a case of a guy who was found who had multiple stab wounds in his back, right? And they're thinking, uh-huh. okay, this is foul, foul play. Someone tried to kill this guy. And what they found after going through the room and, and investigating is that he had taken the knife and he had set it between some floorboards on the floor and he was trying to lay on it to stab himself. Uh-huh. And that's how he had all the knife wounds. Because he kept missing. Because he kept missing the very vital organ, you know, the, the spinal column. I feel like there's maybe a more efficient way of doing that. There is. There is. There, there is. Yeah. Hmm. If I remember correctly, men uh, attempt suicide more, but women are more successful at it. No, it's the other way around. What? No. No, yeah. no. Are you sure about that? Pretty sure. Uh, Why is this something we're going to have to put in the show notes now? Well. Why are we talking about this? Well, Jay thought... I mean, it's important to it talk up. about it. Why? <laughs> Peyton's gonna look it up now. We're gonna I'm gonna bring us deeper into the show here. Tonight we'll be talking about hardware specifications. Specifically, how to determine what your minimum requirements should be. And I and you know, ideal slash optimal requirements should be when deploying projects. And I think we Okay, so according to this, according to the AFSP.org, which is the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Mm-hmm. The rate of suicide is highest in middle-aged white men. In mm-hmm. 2018, men died by suicide 3.56 times more often than women. Yep. White males accounted for 69.67% of suicide deaths in 2018. But mm-hmm. you're not accounting for the statistic you actually presented, which is that women well, he, attempt he, it he more. He sort of just did. He, he said succeeded more often for women, Correct. and that's not true. That's, that's a no, statistic you just read uh, says that men succeed at, at suicide far more often. No, I think it's just numbers. No. The, See, the uh, suicide I'm not rate, convinced that we have all the information here. No, but the suicide anyway, rate of men versus women would indicate an attempt and a successful attempt. 
what we don't have here is the statistic of unsuccessful attempts. Right, that's well, what I'm saying. So we can't really we draw a conclusion. Is, is don't kill yourself. It's a permanent solution to a temporary. Well, then that would mean that what is that? Like three times suicide. Okay, death rates. Uh, suicide mm-hmm. appears to be a male phenomenon. Uh, phenomenon as death rates from suicide are four to five times higher for men than for women across the European Union. So wait, why is the American Society for Suicide I, I, this is a different. This is a different page. This is oh, BMC I see, Psychiatry. I see. I see. I see. Okay. This is from 2017. I, I don't know. I, I just don't kill yourself. Well, let's just okay, talk about something just, happier. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about. Jay Thai, you're the one that's always like, "Oh, I would have fucking killed myself." Yes, I probably <laughs> use that in a way that I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, that's, all the yes. time. Yeah, yes. but boy, you cried wolf. Where I grew up, that was a thing we said. When did this become PSA administrivia? Or PS said um, Ministrivia? We are always a public service administrivia. <laughs> it's just that we wrap that into cis administrivia. Right. And then also sometimes <laughs> we, we went tell off the rails too. with this, I think. Yeah, whatever. whatever. Okay, anyways. Anywhere? No, anyways. Any, any. No, we don't any, have an anywhere. We're, we're here. No, we're I'm in saying, our homes. You're saying anyways, and I'm saying anywhere. Okay, well. Anyhow. Anywho. Oh, I hate anywho. It's just it's not, it's not real. It's not okay. We're we're getting off track. Yeah. So, like I said, we're talking about hardware specifications I think it's gonna tonight. Be a true <laughs> well, now that you said that. No, I don't. Oh want, no, no, we broke the curse. the curse. We broke the curse. That's right. I'm not the one that carries the curse either. Oh, you that's are. true. That's true. It's always me. I said it, and it was a quick episode. You're right. So I'm not gonna say it. Okay. We're talking about. You're a blessing. I'm a curse. Is how that's that works. Correct. I think when you say it, that's, that's it actually correct. is. A sh- oh, I'm the biggest blessing here. No, <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh, and before we actually swing into things... You're a buzzing that is a curse. We have decided what Jathan's Halloween costume oh, yes. is going to be. Yeah, He's I don't understand this Waldo. No, 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 no. You're going to be Waldo from Where's Waldo. Correct. And if he does not do this, then he has to have a punishment of some kind. Twitterverse fans, we leave it up to you what his punishment should be. Yeah, hop on our Discord and let us know what punishment Jathan should have to do. By if the he way, doesn't did you know that Where's we have Waldo. a Discord? Yeah, it's on our contact page. There's a link on our contact. Slash com slash contact. You can find all the info there. It's also on all of our game night posts. Speaking of. Speaking of game night. Will this come out before? Yeah, it will. Yeah. As I mentioned last episode, we have several game nights coming up. There's one, the System Ministrivia Spooktacular. That's on Mm, October 30th and 31st. It's Spooktacular. There you go. There you go. Come on, man. Got to get that in there. And we'll be playing two two spooky, scary games. One is They Hunger, and the other is Afraid of Monsters. The latter is a lot more spooky than the first, but the first has zombies. So, What I'd like to know is what they are hungering for. Zombies are hungering for flesh. Just flesh or brains? No, flesh. Flesh, actually, okay. one of the one of the zombie models in there... Uh-huh. actually says like flesh and then alone says so much flesh you know like so they're they're distinctly craving flesh weirdly enough i was thinking about this the other day not uh-huh. about they hunger specifically but you i were was thinking like about flesh and zombies i was i was thinking oh, okay. where did the zombie trope start because it's not a night of the living dead where we get our idea of the modern zombie because they were eating flesh they were eating organs like intestines well i think that that I think that George Romero's Night of the Living Dead was the the start of that whole zombie mm-hmm. slash, okay, what are they hungering for? Yeah. And I think at some point someone's like, they want brains because they don't have any. 
I think it was a a B, a B movie that had that plot. There was uh, there was Return you, of the Living Dead, which right. said that when they eat brains, it you know it eases. Right. A, a zombie said this. Uh, it eases the pain of dying of decomposing. Okay, okay. there's a lot to okay. unpack here. But uh, I, I know I've the watched Dawn a lot of, of zombie Dead, movies, Jathan. The Dawn of the Dead was Sarah Pauly. They didn't really specify brains other than you have to kill a brain. Well, that's even in the original. That's a Night of the Living right. Dead, too, at right. the very end. Sorry, spoilers. Right. That's not really it's a spoiler. It's been out for 60 fucking years. <laughs> yeah, I think they're okay. It's not really a spoiler. By the either. way, Snape killed Dumbledore, and Darth Vader is Luke's father, okay? You dick. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that was even in the original Night of the Living Dead. Right. Right. By the way... And and in Dawn of the Dead, yeah. they don't. That's the one where they're in the, the bunker, right? Dawn of the Dead is the mall. They're in the mall. What is? Oh, I'm Pauly. thinking of Day of the Dead. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, in Day, Day of the, the Dead, 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 they have they have them tear. Up, and I think, every, and I think every Romero movie proper, they actually tear the bodies apart and eat the organs. They don't eat the brain. I mean, yeah, brains and organs. Well, whatever. they they eat whatever. Yeah, I was gonna say in Dawn of the Dead, especially the remake. They don't focus on brains. They just uh-uh. eat whatever. Yeah. And even like they Resident Evil or whatever, they haven't gone after brains. They just eat the body. Wow, we got way yeah. off track. Okay, so yeah. anyways. This has been Zombie Adventist Trivia. By the way, if you're under attack by zombies, shoot them in the head. Yeah. In also the... learn a valuable skill for the end of the apocalypse. Yeah. So in the System Adventist Trivia, spooktacular. There you go. <laughs> Did that there just you for go. you? I'll, I'll make you an announcer at some point. There you go. <laughs> on the 30th we're playing they hunger co-op through sven co-op and then on the 31st we're playing sven uh sven uh D- D- afraid of monsters via sven co-op wow i just couldn't spit that out you could not and toy then boat, toy boat, toy boat. in november on november 7th i am doing extra life hey. and the guys are cheering me on slash joining in when they can I think it's yep. mostly going to be Jathan joining in whenever possible. I should be able to join for a small amount of time. Okay. Uh, but I should be there. I'll, I'll tweet about it. I'll, I'll let you guys know. Cool. When, yeah. Uh, so when they're not when they're not playing with me, they'll be whoring it out, essentially. Well, Brent, we would never play with you. I see. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, nudge. Gov. But, you know, they'll be trying to, to spread the word while I'm playing, hopefully. But it is a charity event. I I'm play... going to just play random games of Rocket League when you need a pee break. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I don't think a pee break is going to take that long. I'd be back in like two minutes. Have you heard how long I pee? Yeah, but I don't I don't pee that long, Jathan. Yeah, but you could learn to between now and then. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. Back to on topic. So Extra Life is a charity event. It benefits hospital chil- uh, chil- children's hospitals, rather. Yes. I play games for 24 hours. I will probably try and stream it. You should. Yeah, I, I just need to make sure I can get the Discord stuff working again, because that wasn't working when I tried to stream. Well, Peyton uh, can let, help you. Let me know if you need help. I can, I'm, I'm, I'm better at JSON. stream from Discord. Windows or Linux? I didn't even say I could help you. I said Peyton can help you. I know. I'm talking to Peyton. But Peyton's like, better than Gatehead. Okay, okay. Right, fine. Peyton. Yes. Do you, uh, do you stream from Linux or Windows? Linux. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to see what's going on with that then. Hmm. Yeah, so I'll be benefiting, or the event will be benefiting Children's Hospitals. Please donate. Please join our team if this sounds like something you would want to do. We'll have a link to how you can join in the show notes. But for most of that, I'll be doing Unreal with an open co-op server. So feel free to join in as well. And then I guess if we finish that early, because it probably won't take 24 hours to do it, especially not co-op. 
I think I could drag it out like that. Is there I'm an opportunity to kill I'm the sure whole team? I can't remember if team. I think you can destroy teammates' armor. I don't think you can kill them. Well, I'll just so make you... sure nobody ever has any armor except me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure you'd be sure of that. But yeah, so I'll be doing that, and then once that campaign finishes, I may either do the sequel, which is Return to Napoli, or we may be doing Doom co-op Doom. because Jathan wants to kill some taco demons, quote end quote. So that's what's which going is on. Not the correct statement. It's it's, it's not. It's Kako Demon, but try telling it's him that. Taco. No, it's Kako. Just because you so want a taco does not mean it's a taco <laughs> demon, okay? Yeah. Kako Demon, Jathan. For the record, Jathan mentioned something about Taco Bell, and for the next five minutes or so, there yeah. were endless memes of, of pooping. <laughs> of, yes, of, of defecation. Of diarrhea in the Discord, so you, you are missing out on a, a lot of We now have a memes channel because and, of But that. nobody uses it, yeah. Yeah, true, but you know, it's there <laughs> if well, you I mean, want to try to use it. You know. It's kind of just floating in space. It's not really under any heading. Yeah, it's it's just uh, it's just there for perusal. Perusal, right? So yeah, we should really get to the let's get the point yeah let's here. get on topic. But be before right. we do, guys, what are you drinking? Jathan, you go first. Always. I think this is the same as last time and the time before that. I'm drinking uh, Miller High Life Light. How unoriginal. Hey, well, water, you're just say you're I'm trying to just water. drink through it so I don't have any left, and then I won't have to anymore. You could, just, you could also just take it and put it in the trash. You could just pour it down the drain. There you go. Well, I still paid for it. Well, okay. no, don't well, pour it down the drain. Not like a lot of money. in. What are you drinking? Well, if he pours it down the drain, he's subjecting some poor fish to it. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. What are you drinking? I have cranberry juice and vodka. Buckeye vodka. I'm about to finish this bottle, so that'd be good. Hmm. I... And I've already told the guys this, but I am drinking tonight. I am drinking sangria. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> he wants it's good to drink sangria. sangria. He's drinking sangria. It's in the I fridge, mean, and it needs to. Gonna be, it's going to be Linux, sangria, and late nights from now on, not lagers, but you know. Yeah, exactly. Works. Yeah. No, it, it was in the fridge, and it needs to be consumed, and the wife does not drink, so it's up the wife to me. does not drink, or she So where did it sangria. come from in the first place? Probably wedding. Yeah. Bam. You've had it this it. whole time? Yeah, it's Figure in the it back out. of the fridge. It's it a hasn't good fridge. been that long. It's a good fridge. Is that yeah, what you just said? It's alcoholic. Yeah, it, it, it's cold. Okay. Unlike the fridge we had at Hope the first time we went. Yeah, that was that was trash. <laughs> okay. It got down to like maybe like 70 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It was That's a terrible, cold. terrible fridge. Yeah, had to drink all the beer on the first night because mm-hmm. we couldn't keep it anywhere. Yeah. Which, you know, bummer. I had to drink a whole bunch of beers. Yeah. I think I had like Alone. two and you had four. Alone. No. Womp, womp, womp. All right. Anyway, that Damn. was the night I got kicked out of the Centos IRC channel. <laughs> yeah. And I think I might still be banned. <laughs> so I hopefully I don't ever need them that. for anything. <laughs> I love that idea. That's great. I think that was after he started drinking too. So you know why. Okay. I don't know why. Could you no. us? <laughs> it had nothing to do with drinking. It had to do with the fact that I was trying to be helpful and some guy didn't like it. No, but you got cantankerous, Jathan. You got because he gave me shit for something stupid. But you absolutely do. No. You get cantankerous. You no, do. I don't. You're worse than I... Yes, you do. I'm not worse than you are. That's yes, definitely... Are. Okay. Oh, yes, you are. All right. I'd, I'd well, say you are, yeah. We'll just review the tapes from every shit show ever. <laughs> He didn't get cantankerous so much. No, he just, just got 
really blasted. <laughs> I just got blasted. All right. Anyway, out of just, it. Just move on. Yeah. Hey, Moving speaking, on. Speaking of regrets, why don't you give us your tip? Regrets. I have a few. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have a tip. I have a good tip. My four-year anniversary is going to be covered during uh, the release of this recording. So oh, nice. Four years to my wife, so that's good. All right, so I have a little bit of a news article. This happened right around the 17th or so. And we have a patient who died after ransomware mm-hmm. rerouted her to a remote hospital. This happened in Dusseldorf, Germany. And it crippled, this ransomware attack crippled a hospital there and forced the emergency services to take her to a more distant hospital, which was 20 miles away. So that took her about an hour delay to get treatment, and she died. Mm. We don't know what the strain is necessarily, but we of do the, know... Of the ransomware. Yeah, we don't know what okay. the ransomware strain was, I should say. She did have a life-threatening condition, so mm. I'm curious why she... I don't know. We don't know enough about the story, really, to be able to, to figure out why the things happened that they did. But they were exploiting what looks to be CVE 2019-19781, which is a critical vulnerability in the Citrix application delivery controller. So that I still can't believe be people it. are. I can't believe people are still using Citrix. Yep. Honestly, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Like I know they are, but yeah. like it's ridiculous. So yeah, so that's the thing. If you're a hospital sysadmin, you might want to look for a new job. Yes. Yeah. Fuck. I almost did a shout out to someone, but I, I'm not going to because that would be a breach of privacy. But right, right. shout out to the person who knows who they are. <laughs> We're sorry. But that is you. in Germany. So if you want to cry, Jathan has a nice shoulder that you can cry on. Yeah. So anyway, that has been my tip. Make sure you patch your shit and don't use Citrix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like, you know, I guess run or, Citrix, but just like lock it down and keep it updated. Or be smarter about it, I guess. Yeah. You know, actually, like, you know, pay attention to security. Don't use the password, which is just password one. Mm. I don't know. I digress. Yeah. I'm annoyed. My company's moving to Teams and all Microsoft. That's. (sighs) Look, it's better than Slack, right? It's got, it's still got higher uptime. Even though it was down for all of like yesterday. Not much. (laughs) (laughs) Still better than Slack. Still better than Slack. (laughs) Still better than Slack. Not as good as IRC, but, you know, whatever. Right, right. Anyway, that has been my tip. I know it's not quite the meatiest, turgiest of tips, but it's a tip nonetheless. And I thought it was an interesting story, at least, to talk about because it's the first recorded instance of someone dying due to ransomware. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know it was the first instance of it. Like, we all suspected it would eventually happen. Right. I mean, there may have someone may have died due to ransomware before this, but this is the first time... That ransomware directly affected her ability to get care. And so that's what they're, I think that's where they're going off of, is that because she was redirected from where she was originally going due to the malware attack, that, that she's, you know, the direct, it's a direct cause of her death. Hmm. I mean, minus the life-threatening thing. She sure, did. right, yeah. You know, but, I mean. Like, it's not like it turned a car to turn all the, all the lights green and forced a car accident or whatever, you know, like. I mean, you could argue that it's not really, but at the same time, it, it is. So it is an, I, w- I would say it is an indirect cause. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. it's a it's a basically because she had a, a pre-existing condition. So like you know, like if it made, well, well her... it's like this, right? It's yeah. it's like we don't know for certain 
if that attack did not happen, if she would have survived or Correct. not that night. Correct. But we do know that that attack made it impossible for her to survive. So Correct. That's, I think Correct. under Correct. U.S. law, that would be considered manslaughter. That would, yeah, it would definitely be, yeah, yeah, it would be involuntary manslaughter, depending on the yeah. state. Yeah, yeah. And that would just be a minor sentence. Yeah, but, anyway. but it, it, you still killed someone. So. Right. It's like, it's like hitting someone with Maybe your car. Yeah, maybe drunk. stop ransom wearing hospitals for fuck's sake. Well, they're a good source of income because they pay. They pay, yeah, because they don't have a choice. We've warned about this. If you mm-hmm. pay, you're only opening yourself up to further attacks. Yeah, so get backups. Stop, you know, get your border controls in place. And Yeah, exactly. And, you know, just be prepared to just be able to wipe your entire system and replace it. Read-only backups, man. It's the future. Yeah. Yeah. Even though they've been around for years, decades. Okay, so that being said, let's go into it. Hardware specs. Nobody ever got fired for buying Dell. Sure, that's true. And that's a common tagline. And especially on their corporate end, they do have pretty good support. Actually, I'm not going to lie. Our desktop person also started ordering like almost exclusively Dell machines. And the support has gotten pretty good. Like somebody just comes and shows up and like... Sorry, yeah, I should have said, like, their enterprise, like, commercial... I don't know, yeah, okay, I don't operating. know about their consumer support, I guess, yeah, which consumers, is the contrast here. Yeah. yeah, but for enterprise stuff, yeah, no, that's true. Nobody got fired for buying Dell. They take a lot of liability and yeah, they do a good job. They also ship replacements very quickly, even if, yep. like, I have some machines with Dell. I know this is not exactly what we're talking about, but since we're talking about it, since I have a couple machines with it. Dell... That we don't have, like, we don't have overnight shipping or even same-day replacement or anything, but we have two-day guaranteed, and most times they still overnight it. Cool. And they don't, like, charge us for it. They just do it. So. Well. Scope buffs. That's great. No. No scope buffs. So that's great and all, but what I really wanted to kind of get into it with this topic is you need to be able to determine how to design your specs, or even if you're buying pre-boxed, how to choose which product line, Right. I think, yeah, one of the things that, like, what Jason just said is that he doesn't get, like, same day or whatever. I think mm-hmm. one of the things you need to look at is do you need that support as well, too? I kind of, I wanted to move it even further away from Bender. Yeah. Bender I, is I, important. I, oh, yeah. I just, I, I, I just, yeah. But, okay, so. I hear you. I hear you. I have a lot of feelings. I think that <laughs> that contributes, though. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like Partially, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it can, it's... right? Because if the warranty that you require to uphold your SLA isn't available through a certain vendor or something, right. or with a certain purchase, right? Like anything under 250K, you know, you can't get this type of warranty with. You mm-hmm. might spring for something bigger than you need just to get the warranty because it covers your ass in ways that That's aren't true. necessarily Correct. the hardware. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a or consideration. You spend up extra in stock to keep It's on a consideration. Site. Yeah. But it's not what we're primarily going to talk about. No, How no, that's, that? that's sure. fine. That's fine. Yeah, that's good. I, I just wanted that's to. Good. I just wanted to make sure we touched on it briefly before we, mm-hmm. you know, moved into the yeah. meat. That was the potatoes. Now we're in the meat. Right. Yeah. Also, to be go. totally fair, I've never had a vendor when I was like, "Oh, I see you have these two warranty options. I want something in the middle. I'll pay whatever you want if the warranty is <laughs> that important." I've never right. had a vendor not come back with some kind of option. Right. Yeah. They're usually they want to make money. Yeah. Right. That's what it comes down to. So, and that's how they make right. money is their warranty. And if you're not going drastically outside of any of their service levels, right? Like, let's say they have a silver and a gold. You're trying to hit a certain price point. You want okay, better right, than... Okay, right, all right, all right. I, I feel like we could spit, spin, this, spin yeah. that out into its own Yeah, yeah. okay, whatever. Brent's but mad, so we're going to move on. I'm not mad. Brent's, I just want to get to the man. point. He seems mad. I just want to get to the point. 
You're so mad. When we deploy, we needed to look at what we're deploying. That's the number one most important factor, right? What software, what project are we deploying? What technologies is it using? And this is where the real key of this is. What resources does it primarily consume? And there's some really basic general Ew. guidelines with this, right? Kind of. Caching, you're going to be... I'll see where you're going. Yeah, I'll yeah, see where you're going. yeah. Caching, you're going to be RAM heavy, no matter what. So for your reverse proxies oh. and stuff, lots of RAM. Little bit of extra CPU, but lots of RAM. For your also, angle. though, yeah. hold on. Also network, though. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, if your caching server's fast as shit, but the connection to it is slow as <laughs> yeah. balls, you know, it's not yeah. going to help you. So don't forget about that in what you're saying. Yeah. It's all. At least 10 gig, preferably, like, dark fiber, all that. Get up to 40 gig or something like that. But yeah, mm-hmm. primarily with systems, we're looking at, like, really, like, beefy RAM for that kind of application. But if you're doing a lot of encryption work or decryption work or what have you, mm-hmm. Especially with encrypted at rest backups, especially with this, a lot of CPU encryption is primarily CPU heavy, right? So you want to look at what you're deploying and you want to really start to think like a computer scientist. And I know that's hard because, you know, unless you have a CS degree, you're not really thinking about how computers do shit. Because you're like, you can just brush it under the table saying, not my pay grade, we'll just throw more money at it. But that's not a healthy budget, right? That doesn't let you make room for new projects that are perhaps more exciting or would perhaps pad your own pockets. So try and avoid that. Frugality is best. Frugality is best. Yeah. Okay. And in this approach, okay, open LDAP, for instance, right? We just had an episode on LDAP just released earlier this week. For us, for when we're recording this. LDAP is a very read-heavy operation. It's intended to be written few times, but read many times, right? So how can you optimize that? You want a lot of caching. You want to store a lot of it in RAM, especially if you're doing a lot of indexing, which means you want fast read times from your disk. So, right. and obviously this would benefit write as well for disk I.O., but SSD... Or if you really need to go platter, make sure it's at least 7,200. 7, 7, I can't talk tonight. I don't know what's going on. At least 7,200, preferably higher. But SSD is preferred, obviously, for this. A nice, good SSD. At least a 6 gigabit link on that. At least. And Yeah, at least. And then you want to make sure that you have that RAM caching in place. So you're not constantly having to have LDAP search the disk for these records. Because, again... LDAP is a very read-heavy operation, so do your indexes. And with all that in mind, we start to get an idea of what we want this system to look like before we build it. And that's the goal here, is to, when you're designing specs for what you want to buy for a server, or for a cluster, or what have you, you want to look at what they'll primarily be doing. It's okay if they're not 100% doing that, but you want to try and hit the majority of the time, right? Because it's impossible to optimize for everything, unless you have countless you know just huge amounts of money to throw at the thing in which case just max everything out who the hell cares but again that's not really you can do better you know you can do better so we're now looking at a machine with fast disk speed preferably if we have to make the choice preferably read and fast ram or a good amount of ram with a good clock speed for that ram right yeah but we don't need to do a lot of encrypting with LDAP. So we can skimp a little on the CPU. As long as it can handle the threading 
and the the forking, it's not a problem for the CPU, right? So like you're fine with like a quad core, you know. But you want to go heavy on that RAM, heavy on maxing out those reads and preferably reads writes would help too. Now, Jathan, you said you had a lot of feels about this. Um, yeah. No, <laughs> I do have a lot of feels about it. Mm-hmm. You know, in particular, I wanted to bring some sort of alternative suggestions about storage to the table. Okay. So in particular, you know, we're talking about thinking about the services you're running and stuff, and that's great. But I think it's also important to run proof of concepts wherever you can. Oh, yeah. Because, like, for example, I had at one point in time an experience where, you know, these people were like, okay, we have this type of instrument that's going to be writing constantly to the storage. You know, do you have something that will support it? And I had an array of SSDs, and I was like, well, these are fast. This is going to be good. <laughs> Let's go ahead and use these. What kind of array? Was it a JBot or a proper RAID? I mean, you can make a software RAID out of a JBot just fine. Okay, but like what? <laughs> yeah, it was a bunch of SAS SSDs. Okay. Like, extremely fast. Yeah. Here's what we found, though. For the first, like, mm, I don't know, four-ish hours, performance was awesome. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, around hour four or a little after, it started to tank. And all of a sudden, the instrument would basically vomit because it couldn't write fast enough mm. to the storage. And I was like, well, this doesn't make any sense. This is the fastest storage I have. What am I missing? And, you know, back to the drawing board. And it turns out that for extended write operations that will span many, many, many hours, spinning disks actually will outperform ssds long term yeah there i'm sure there's a return on investment on ssd like it has to reach a certain number like it's not always going to be like at the well, it's not based on mark. time it's about yeah, yeah it's based on the amount of data per time right exactly sure and so you know had i tested with a smaller scale before that mm. i probably would have known that before i went and you know put this file system on this SAS array and all this well, maybe, maybe not even it wasn't you... stuff i bought it's not like i was out you know a million dollars because of it right but it was still a lot of work that i could have avoided if i had done proper testing now when you say a smaller scale do you mean a smaller amount of data because then it's possible you might not have even had that condition yeah not necessarily a smaller amount of data but i just think you know like i set it up like all the way like file system on the array user Mm -hmm. access enabled tested the user access all that stuff and then they ended up writing their data somewhere else because we found out it wasn't going to work right right now, I, now, it could have gone the other way, though, right? If this was hardware that I was looking to buy and not something I already had, mm. I could have spent a lot of money on something because it looks good on paper. It sounds good on paper, but I didn't actually test. Yeah, real-world conditions. Right. So and, and it's not okay. necessarily, you know, like, oh, you didn't go read the documentation because you guys have because you didn't. been on my ass about that. But no, I mean, there's not necessarily great documentation for these use cases, specifically extended I mean, writing. you can... You can simulate a certain workload, but it's never going to be exactly the same as the real world. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've seen it with things that I have bought, appliances I've bought and stuff. You get an appliance, you get a 30-day or 60-day proof of concept window, and you have a list of criteria you have to meet, and you check off all the boxes. Mm-hmm. And then you give them the money, and they give you the appliance for real, and you install it, and you put your users on it, and all of a sudden something comes up that you just never could have in, like anticipated or tested. You know, you try. We all try. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's better proof of concepts than 
some, I guess. I don't yeah. know what I'm to say. Right. Some proof of concepts are designed and executed better than others, but it's never going to be completely infallible. So my recommendation is, you know, if you're kind of skirting by in your proof of concept, consider that as a fail. Mm. The other thing is, in any case that you possibly can, use your proof of concept window to throw a real workload at it. Actually put users on the system, put it in production as closely as you can, or something that mirrors production. Because something is going to come up that you didn't think about. I know that's not you know, directly related to specifications and picking the specifications, but at the same time, it kind of is. Mm-hmm. Last but not least, for me, again, talking about storage, really think about what you're doing. Think about warranty and stuff like that. But you know, if you just need a bunch of, like, I don't want to say dumb storage, but relatively dumb storage, mm-hmm. think about if you really need Dell in that case, right? Can you just buy a JBOD and roll your own for whatever purpose? Yeah. Now, I'm curious what, because you do do a lot of stuff with data, but I'm more interested in the actual processing side of it. Because that's... Okay. Data's, you know, data and storage, that's a whole another ballgame. Yeah. Okay. That's, you know... That's a whole job, right? That's yeah, a whole field. Yeah, exactly. That's IO throughput you got to watch. That's writes per minute yeah. versus reads per minute or per second rather like how right. they balance against each other because it is it a data set encrypted or not right yeah exactly because then you need cpu well right yeah so or compression you know inline right. compression of some sort or file system level compression right so yeah. i guess specifically with what you do the bioinformatics side of things i'm curious because i don't really like i don't know a whole lot of about it but what in terms of system resource what what is that heavy on Bioinformatics, specifically. Mostly RAM. Hmm. You know, most bioinformatics software, I think I've said it before, I'm definitely saying it now, the people writing it are not super proficient software developers. So while some of it can do like simple parallelism or threading, it's not good. A lot of it doesn't scale well. So like you might benefit using eight cores over one core, but then you go to 16 and you find out that it's actually worse. Hmm. So it's mostly memory. The more of your data set that you can shove into RAM at one time, the faster your computation is going to happen. Sure. That's true of everything. Yeah. That's the number one, I'd say, is RAM. The second thing from there is disk I.O. Well, sure. Like, yeah. Because there's a lot of piping and our reading. Our scratch file system, which is basically used for like very fast access, but sort of temporary. It's not backed up or anything. Right. I say it's temporary. There's like two petabytes of it. But, you know, it's a 40 gigabit network isolated just for that storage. Mm-hmm. And we've never seen one person push that. That would be kind of crazy unless they're running like many analyses. But we've definitely, we've hit like half of that with our a workload, you know, on our compute cluster. Right. Right. Because it's, I mean, usually at that point, like, it's really hard for one application to, or one job, I guess, in your parlance. Yes. To max that out. But the problem is you're never running just one job. So Right, that's the thing. And that's what makes testing in my field I feel so hard. It's like and it's not even just bioinformatics, right? Like I can mm-hmm. simulate all the bioinformatics workload in the world. All of a sudden I have some chemist who comes and does some kind of molecular modeling simulation using half the cluster at once. <laughs> and it's just like, well, pff, nobody's ever done this before. Right. Right. And all of a sudden it's just like I've never seen this problem, right? So yeah. It's an interesting problem. It's a hard one to solve. You know, the supercomputer centers in the, the country like Oak Ridge and all those big national labs that have like, you know, top 500 supercomputers, whatever. Mm. Like, I don't honestly know how they do that kind of stuff and do it as well as they do. It's a lot of money. Well, yeah, I think that is. I mean, the other <laughs> yeah. thing is, you know, they have the money to buy from like Cray. Right. 
which is like so specific yeah. and you have mm-hmm. such a support base behind it i mean you know you've got I, people literally designing chips for your purpose at that level yeah it's... exactly like i can't buy a system from cray mm-hmm. so i'm stuck with whatever i can build mm-hmm. i yep. say stuck with i mean we do quite well for what we have and what we spent on it and all that stuff right but, right know. right huh yeah Payton, do you have anything to add I don't know. I mean, you guys have covered it pretty well. I mean, you know, obviously try to make sure that, you know, you're not hampering your system somehow, some way. Yeah. I mean, realistically, if you're going to build a system, a server, I am a little not sure about that, mainly because I would rather personally buy it from someone. Well, when I say when I say build, I also include like choosing which product. Sure, sure. You know. All right. I I just I want to I wanted to make sure that was clear that. We're not talking about going and buying a... Yeah, no, I didn't, from I didn't explicitly... Then... I mean, like, if you do that, that's fine. You can. It's a good way to save sure. a lot of money, but you do miss sure. out on that support plan and all that, which does sometimes come in handy. So, you well, know, I everything's mean, a trade-off. But, I, I, think... I no, I wanted to, to focus specifically on how to best... On ways to best determine yeah. how to get the yeah. best bang for your buck. I think the thing that you have to figure, though, and this is sort of on that path, but also on the support path as well, Mm-hmm. is that you have to account for failure. And so, I mean, I wouldn't go and buy the most expensive CPU if you're not on a, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, mm. like you have to take into account what your budget is. If you can't afford a support plan, you are the support plan. And so you need to be able to repair the things that you need to repair if they blow up. And mm. then also like that, you need to account for that because that just happened. I mean, that, that happens. ironically, yeah, you have to essentially have a, a second box or at least a, a second replacement Something. box in parts ready to go. Yeah. yeah. Right. 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 So you're buying twice if you can't afford the, if the I mean, real, yeah. Plan. I mean, yeah. you know, realistically what you're looking at is that, yeah, you essentially have to buy two boxes. One's a cold spare. that mm-hmm. if the other one dies, you can spool it back up again while you repair the other one. Yeah. I, you know, that's or a thing, pile like, of parts, no matter how you right. do it, right. what downtime you can afford with that. You still right. need that amount of redundancy in parts locally available right. to swap in. So, And realistically, you know, you need to count the downtime of repairing it versus yep. having somebody else come out. Like, you know, what's your time worth? So, like, I'm not trying to, like, harp on the support thing, but when you're looking at the total cost of ownership of a server or systems of servers, your time is also the most important thing to look at as well, too. Mm-hmm. How much time in a day do you have to sit there and replace parts until it's right. figured out? It's almost better to have a, you know, not necessarily on call, but, hey, can I call HP, IBM, Dell to come out here today, tomorrow, next week to look at this box while I bring up a spare? So, like, right. you know, it's not just the cost of the server. It's the cost of... And there are guaranteed you... SLAs right. there, too. Correct, yeah. correct. So you, yeah, like, you know if we have facts, a hard drive die... Yeah. We have a hard drive in four hours. If we have a part that we have a part that part in four hours. Right. You know, but I mean, we pay for that. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, we need the whole point of that pay for is because we need those systems up. So, like, if you're putting together a data center, you're putting together servers, you're putting together a rack, whatever. By all means, you know, if you want to build a whole bunch of super micro servers, go ahead. But you also need to count your time as part of the troubleshooting process because you won't be able to do any other work while you're doing that. Right. And so I think that's the thing that I'd like to harp on is that, you know, you can't just look at the cost of the server itself. You have to look at, at how much time you'll need to spend working on it. And that's a, that's a figure that you can't really 
know ahead of time either. Yeah. You know, you just have I mean, to know. There's your... always a cost. It's just a matter of where right. that trade off is. But right, a lot of right. that is unknown beforehand. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. true. Right. I mean, you know, can you spend five minutes diagnosing it? Okay, sure. Or is it, you know, five hours? Right. You know. Right. Anyway. So I'd like to steer us back in towards maybe more towards specific ways you can determine this. Okay. Now, if possible, this is how I generally approach this, if possible. Again, because sometimes you need to turn up the hardware before you can actually run turn the thing up and, for what? and get an idea of, of how it's used or mm-hmm. how it uses the resources available. But the good way of doing this is nine times out of ten, you could just pop it up in a VM or something and mm-hmm. hit it with a smaller job than what it would normally hit. And again, you run into the issue that Jathan talked about, where you're going to run into some unexpected shifts, possibly, at a certain scale. But for now, we're just trying to get a general idea of what is going on when the application does X, right? Right. So you start the application in this VM, and then you, you hit it with a couple requests or processes or whatever it's doing. And then you watch HTOP. HTOP is fantastic. It's like top, but it's about a thousand times better. I like HTOP. Yeah, and it lets you monitor in real time the actual statistics. And yeah, like there's other systems out there that do the same thing. There's some that have like a web dashboard, all that bullshit. Don't fuck with that. Don't bother with it. Glances. Yeah, you just need HTOP. And that the nice thing about... Glances isn't that bad. Okay, but the problem with that is it's still going through an external data collection. Correct. The nice thing about HTOP is it runs right there on the system in real time. You don't have to wait for the network latency to hit some dashboard somewhere. You don't have to wait for the data to be collected and collated. Correct. Correct. Boom. It's just all right there, ready to go for you. And you can switch between, you know, which processes are, are, are consuming the most memory, which processes are consuming the most CPU cycles or CPU share, I guess we can call it. So you can get an idea of just what kind of load this thing will present compared to the scale of data that you're feeding it or the scale of the number of jobs you're giving it to do or so on and so forth. And then from there, you can know that, okay, X number of, let's, I mean, it's, it's a trivial example, but let's say it's some kind of REST API application, right? Yeah. You can say, okay, this number of requests per second, by the way, AB, Apache Benchmark, AB, fantastic for generating those so you can say this number of requests per second causes this percentage remember you're dealing it all in relative terms so you want percentages or multiplication or exponents you don't want hard numbers you don't want like x megabytes or x extra cpu cycles you want relative to the size of the machine and size of the data set or whatever that you're feeding it to test so you can say x number of requests creates a Y percent rise in CPU usage and a Z percent usage or a rise in RAM usage. And from there, you can start to get an idea. Obviously, don't do it just once. Do it multiple yeah. times. But also, mm-hmm. just you didn't explicitly say that this is true, but from what you're saying, it sounds to me like it's kind of implied. Just realize not everything is linear. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's not, and right. as Jathan did point out earlier, not everything is linear. And also, along the same lines... It's not only that it's not linear, but one user generating X amount of traffic versus 10 users generating the same amount of traffic might look very different from mm-hmm. a usage perspective. Yeah. 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 Because then you're dealing with throughput yeah. and concurrency right. and 
and I say users, it could just as well be clients, right? One machine yeah. talking to another, Client whatever. Machines. But you get what I'm saying. Yeah, processes, yeah. whatever. If it, if it yes. forks, you know, whatever. And that's one of the reasons why, by the way, why Apache is such shit. Apache <laughs> itself is not all that bad. It's not, you know, it's not, it can't compare to Nginx. If you put them side by side, it can't compare. Right. But the problem is it's usually absolute shit compared to Nginx because most people don't really bother tailoring their Apache for their use case. So they have the wrong number of workers. They have the wrong number of pre-forks, all that mess, right? Because right. they just they don't know how to optimize for that. But that's kind of what you're doing here, only on a much larger scale. You're trying to get an idea. Again, this is purely kind of speculative, but this is kind of reading the tea leaves, if you will. You can usually get a pretty good idea from this tiny little experiment with this little VM and, and you know, and then kind of hammering it to see where things start to fall apart. That's kind of chaos engineering in a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. A little bit, but it's more about stress. Like chaos, you know right? what? It's stress testing is what it is. Yeah. But instead of trying to determine the limits of the platform, which is what stress testing is usually used to determine, we're instead trying to get some, I guess we can call them relative metrics, right? Did we just, I, I think we just invented a term, relative metrics. Hack ops that shit. Hack ops, yeah. Hack ops that shit. Chaos engineer your hack ops to get a relative metric. <laughs> All your buzzwords. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so you're looking for like relative metrics. I'm looking for paradigms now. Paradigms. Paradigms. Yeah, so you want to get an idea of what it looks like when this thing will start to grow. And again, it won't be perfect. It never will be perfect because as Jathan's pointed out, it's impossible to account for things like concurrency throughput and things like that like you can test for those but you're never really going to be able to get 100 to your actual production use case so don't sweat about that too much keep it in the back of your mind but what you're trying to do here is know which direction to go when designing these systems when designing their specs well and also i'm not 100 sure if we've touched on this mm. but if you have a dev environment or a test environment it should mm -hmm. completely mirror the production environment yeah, no, you I know, agree with that. Hardware, everything. And that is that is a good place to do your to do this kind of scale correct. testing as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. I mean, I don't know all about you, and I'm not a developer, so I can't speak for myself. But I'm not a developer either. I feel like most developers would be would kind of celebrate if you say, "Okay, now try and crash it as hard as you can," like by hitting it as hard as you can. Yeah, we have some that do that without the permission, I should say, uh, of. Hey, crash this. <laughs> they just do it anyway. Don't get me started on Java 1.8. But Payton, they thought they understood it sufficiently. Yeah, they did not. We've all been there. <laughs> they You've definitely there. not understood it sufficiently. Yeah, yeah. I would hope they would have understood it sufficiently. They wrote the thing, you know? But... Nope. Nope. But no. Right. But yeah, that. so that is the general approach you want to take with these things. It's just trying, in your mind, imagine what that software, what those little bits are actually doing on the hardware level. And that's really hard to do unless you get a solid understanding of like actual computer internals, like actual hardware and how it works, how it operates. Yep. CS people are good to talk to about this because most of them have to literally design an operating system kernel to graduate, yeah. you know? Yeah. They're also generally better at modeling systems, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And just, I think, because of their weird math brains. Yeah. Yeah. They do have weird math brains. But you know what? 
sometimes those things are a huge advantage. So feel oh yeah, take advantage of it. And other people to ask would be, oh, my brain just crashed. That's not good. I was, Reset. Reboot. It was right there, and now it's gone. Shaythan, who else would be good people to consult with on this? Um, I mean, your users. <laughs> what? You know what? No. I don't best. think so. Yeah, our it best. is. I don't think so. Because, no, no, because of what I said. You need them to help you sometimes generate a real load and shit. Yeah, other than that, though... But... Other than that, I, I don't have the problem. A there lot. is you, you essentially enlist them to become your personal guinea pigs. That's right. You know, because then they expect it's about oh, time they give prod- something back. Like, well, <laughs> no, the problem they is owe us. no. They J- owe me. Jathan, the problem is they treat it like oh, this is prod, and then when it crashes, the shit to hell and back. They're like oh, this is stable. I'm never using this again. Good, because even better. Less people to support. They didn't understand again. the purpose. Less was people to for support them to help. We're you never deviating it. from this software again. Yeah. All right. Anyway, That's other than CS people, I don't really know what you're going for. Yeah. 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 Random people from the street? No. Don't. No. Don't do that. Come on, man. Could you come fill out our survey? Just take a look at this. Connect to this access point and see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you not a type? Sir? Oh, you know what? I do have it. As much as we laugh at it, actually get your A plus cert. Oh yeah. And as much as we rag on it, because it is really bare bones shit. But it you know really what? Is. You will learn something, and it's always going to be about the hardware level. I mean, I mean, you'll learn about IRQs, yeah, and you know, we shit don't even like think that. about thanks to modern kernels and modern UEFI yep. and stuff like. We don't even fucking need to think about IRQs anymore. I remember having to adjust IRQs if one took the spot that I wanted my hardware to be on. I'd be yep. like, ah, you know. Yep. I haven't. Mm-hmm. I haven't had to do that in twenty mm-hmm. years, but yeah, you know, mm-hmm. because the software's gotten better. Still, but at some point, correct. there is a possibility that the software fail but the hardware is just fine and that's where this benefit comes in right and that's where you learn things about higher cues and cpu scheduling and things like that that you may even be able to tune on the os level you know as a system in but now because you have a deeper understanding of a grokking of the system that you're administering you know how to design your spec you what i like the word grok me too it's a very useful word but you now have the opportunity to properly specify your system requirements. You have the ability to tune your systems a lot better to their purpose that they're being used for. And you'll start to see, you know, gradual changes along the way that make your architecture so much more efficient and so much better at what it's designed or what you're supposed to be designing it for. So yeah, that's definitely an invaluable tool. Yeah, again, it's certs. I think 90% of certs are bullshit. An A-plus cert won't get you jack shit. Ex- I mean, it'll get it... you an MSP job, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll get you an MSP job. Get, get your network plus two at the same time. Yeah, yeah. But it will enforce these ideas. It is a good way of reinforcing things you might not even know. You know, like... Yeah, yeah. it'll help your understanding of how mm-hmm. how RAM timings work. And, mm-hmm. You know, like how your front side bus works. And that's the important things you need to know. And if you didn't know already, hopefully hopefully you knew this, but you'll find out why there's different shaped plugs on PSUs, you know, <laughs> going to the board. You'll find out why and why they, why different shapes plug in where, you know. Yeah, I know, like physically building a box is stupid easy because it's all, it's literally just, okay, does this fit into slot B, you know, but you'll understand why. You'll understand why they need to be different. You'll understand that yeah. the different collections of voltages work differently. Right. Yeah, so as 
minimal as A plus is, most people, if you've been in the business maybe 12 to 16 years, you should be able to knock it out in an evening, like study to ready to go test. But you're still going to learn something along the way, and it's going to help you. So, you know, I, yeah, I would recommend, again, we're not, I concur. we're not sponsored by CompTIA or whatever. If you find an equivalent cert for low-level hardware I would quite if stuff, we were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thankfully we're not. Although it would be sweet to get some of that sweet, sweet CompTIA money. I would like the money, yes. I don't want to be Oh, sure. Sure, exactly. Yeah, I agree with that. And now that we've said that, we probably won't ever. <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah, they'd be like, oh, yeah, you fuckers told us you didn't want to. Yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, Fuck you. Fine. We're not going to take more options. That's this fine. Check. That's fine. Right. But Thanks yeah. a lot, buddies. <laughs> and, and it doesn't have to be the A+. Plus. I mean, grab yourself an right. A-plus study guide. There's plenty yep. of them for free online. So just mm-hmm. the important thing here is that you're learning this hardware level that has been abstracted away from us and Abstract. continues to be abstracted. What did I say? That's what you said. I was oh, just yeah. echoing what you said. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And it continues to be abstracted away from us even further because cloud bullshit. Way further. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. It's very rare to find someone who actually can deal with bare metal hardware these days. Pretty rare. Yeah. So, well, you know, back in the day, our job was a guy would go down to the actual mainframe and make sure the tapes were reeling and, yep. you know, clean parts, replace parts. And Good old ticker tape. So, No. And then it was I don't think it's a bit just replace the server. And now it's okay, spin up mm. a new instance. You know, there were operators back then, Japan. Yep, operators. Absolutely. Ah. Got to put that new tape in. Got to change that laser printer toner. Yeah. How much KB do I have in my, my shared record? <laughs> right. But yeah, so that's kind of just where I wanted to go with this is to just think on a really kind of like intimate level with the hardware. Like, think about what this program actually does. Like, what... Make that hardware your bitch. Sure. Sure. And take some, like, low-level programming courses or, or read a couple low-level programming books. Oh, you know what? Assembly coders, if they're, if they're still out there, they'd be great people for, to ask... They probably are. ...to ask about this as well. They'd be able to take a look. And assuming they're polyglots, you know, and they can understand higher levels like C... They can take a look at the C and say, like, okay, so it's doing this on a hardware level, which means it's probably using a shit ton of resource why you know there'll be good people to to ask in this as well so obviously pick the brains of your developers after assuming you've got in-house developers they're the ones that are going to be running the stuff that's being deployed anyway so ask them okay what is it actually doing you know is that caching to disk or is it buffering to ram questions like these how much crunching does it actually do like how much actual processing how many cpu cycles do we expect it to consume and they may not know the exact answers but they'll be able to give you a much better idea than you would right. be able to figure out on your own. So again, you know, good to ask these people those questions as well. Whew. Does anyone have anyone else? Does anyone have anything else to add? Six to people, six people. Yeah. Eight people. What? You said, does anyone have anyone else? I got six people. <laughs> I got eight people. Hayden's oh winning. Clearly. I corrected myself. I said, does anyone have anything? I mean, I count as one of the eight because we have eight. Well, we'll have eight in the family at the end of October, but I digress. <laughs> right. You're going to need a trailer to put your children in. <laughs> a no, school bus? we have a van that will fit everybody. There you go. Okay. I mean, everybody but one of the older girls. So. Right. We'll, we'll probably end up having to take two cars everywhere for a well, while. But... Strap one to the roof. No. Yeah, you know, just, just <laughs> strap the height one of the chairs to the roof. It'll be all right. It's fine. Yeah. Kids are resilient. They bounce. <laughs> are, if you do the one that's, they bounce that's on roof the road, facing, you don't have to worry you know, about they, anything hitting their face, you know. They it's, bounce it's on the road. Well, the younger they are, the more the more 
you know, da-da, gelatinous da-da. Their, their bones are. Well, it's not that it's gelatinous. It's, that it's, <laughs> it's more, soft, yeah. It's a softer bone material. It's not hardened bone. Yeah, so it's, you know, the bounce. But like babies rubber. do, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. They do, yeah. They do bounce. You can literally yeah, have a rubber baby buggy bumper. They don't. Well, the thing is, is it's not that they, it's not that they're more resilient. It's that they don't clench up when they're falling, right? Like yeah. people do, and so that's why. You know, that's they, how cats fall long distances. That's how they land on their feet. They Correct. don't tense up. They don't have that, that chill. Bond that tense up. Yeah, they chill, and that helps them survive on falls. Yeah. Okay. So nobody has anything else to add. No. I think we've covered everything. Yeah. And we've done a really good job on it. Cool. You started doing math though there for a minute. I, I did. I, I have to admit that I did. You just kind of you zone checked out. out there yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So Jathan, if I have fifteen machines and they're doing a thousand teraflops each, physical or virtual? Uh, let's go with physical. Mm. One thousand twenty-seven. That no, that's way off. That's off by one, dude. <laughs> that's <laughs> it's still wrong. Technically, he's correct, And though. then you it's take the total amount of teraflops, least. and you divide by 1,000. This is really easy. How many teraflops is that if you divide by 1,000? 10,500,627. No, that... What? 15. There you go, Jathan. Damn, he got it before I did. <laughs> You're just going to start shouting out random numbers. Yes, uh, so Jathan, yeah. 15 clamps. 15 clamps. Did anyone else so, hear that pop again? That was Jathan doing that. What are you talking about? It's Jathan doing that. Doing what? It sounds like software, though. It sounds like a pop-up notification. Listen to his recording. I guarantee you it's him doing it. Oh, my gosh. I always get accused of everything. (laughs) Because you do everything. It's you. It's all your fault. All right, Jathan. 50 clams. 16 clams. No, (laughs) I'd rather you do 14. We're timing you. Clam a minute. Go. Okay, anyway. So I wanted to talk about a thing that I'm experiencing in my job right now that is driving me absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. Work, daily work. And in particular, I have a system that is just running a normal piece of software for all intents and purposes. And this software has a very good set of user space tools for interacting with it. Mm -hmm. Okay. However... It is part of an appliance, and you can't run those user space tools directly because it voids your warranty. They're not very and much. Not very what? much of user space tools, are they? What? Well, they're user space tools on any normal system where you've installed this yourself or something. So the only way to actually accomplish the same things is by way of a REST API. Is this? Is this nope, the unnamed? vendor yes. that has the storage appliance that Absolutely. resets on every reboot is and it then free NAS? Well, no that's... but we're not mentioning names that yeah it's not it's not free i will say he's he's warm he's in the tropics he's in the tropics he's of in cancer. the tropics i know but i know what it is i, I know what but it we're is. not saying what it is it's proxmox right it's, it's, <laughs> it's prox- you're in the antarctic now yeah I know, I know, I know. I know Hayden's what, chilling with the penguins. I know, I know what it is. I'm, I'm deliberately not saying <laughs> Okay, it. good, good. Yeah, so, yeah, okay, okay. So I have this thing. Mm-hmm. I cannot use the user space tools, which, by the way, like, SaltStack, for example, can utilize the user space tools directly and just do all the things that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, it, literally, it's a Unix system, and something as simple as adding a user, you can't run user ad right. directly. That's so weird. 
Well, because it, it stores and here's it why. in are they flat a text data, in databases? Right, right. It's in a database, so it will add user ad, or it will run user ad and add the user. For some reason, but, I thought it stored it in JSON and then applied that on boot, but no, no. I, database I, and it applies it on boot in RAM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my issue here is that first of all, you know, Salt Stack, Puppet, all these configuration management tools have mechanisms for dealing with you know adding users and groups mm-hmm. as an example of something extremely fucking basic. Mm-hmm. But this particular appliance doesn't let you utilize them. Mm. So they do have a fully featured REST API. That's great, right? You want to do something custom? Great. But I don't want to do anything custom. I just want to do normal, basic things. Right. Like adding a user. You should not need to use a goddamn REST API to add a user to a system that's ultimately, basically, it's running Unix, right? Like, user add is a thing that exists. Now, can you tell it to use LDAP persistently? Sort of. Sort that's, of. That's a messy one. Because we have Active Directory, right? Okay. So it's not like we haven't explored that as an option. But I'm also kind of abstracting the real problem here. LDAP's not going to help me with creating directories and stuff, as an example. Sure, yeah, with ownership, right? But that's another one, right? Like, I can't just run make dir. I have to go through this convoluted ass process to Arrest make... Arrest API, yeah. Yes. And For so what is problem... ultimately a storage device, which is dumb. Yes. Yes. No, I agree with you. I'm with you. So my problem and my question and my discussion point and my rant all tied it together is I'm having to basically write, because right, most configuration management tools rely on an exit status. They have a mechanism for checking if something is true or false, Mm -hmm. and they know how to rectify it. Mm -hmm. So (sighs) the problem is I have to basically write now a wrapper in Python or some other language that spits out exit zero if something is already set properly or not zero if it's not. And then I have to also have an appropriate command to actually use the REST API to do this checking and setting, basically. Mm-hmm. And so this is a couple things. If you're developing an appliance or software or whatever, one, just don't do this. If you're using the same underlying tools just that are already there, it. let your damn users have access to it. Mm-hmm. Exception, no, if you, you want to <laughs> if you want to publish if you want to publish an API mm-hmm. or, or something, that's great. Because people will want to do things that are outside of normal. Sure. Fine. But I think if you're gonna make your user space tools inaccessible to users, normal user space tools, then I think you absolutely Now you're talking about like Nick's user space, not like user space within the confines of the product. Yeah. Okay. I think that you absolutely 10 out of 10 should provide, like you should provide a salt state or a set of states or modules at least to interact with your... I'm not sure that's that's up to the vendor, but I do believe they should have a way of enabling that level of compatibility that the consumer would be able to choose. You know what I mean? Like they flip a switch, they say, yeah, I want to run this on normal Nix mode, use fucking user ad. Yeah, I think that you should be able to change either way you want to do it. Like, if you want to click a GUI somewhere to do it, then great. They can enable that for you. If you want to do a real admin way, then, I mean, by all means, well, you know, they can do that as well. I believe PFSense operates on the same principle. It doesn't follow standard BSD conventions. It runs it all. I don't know, and I don't use it anymore, so I can't tell you. Yeah, I think that's how they do it as well. Yeah, I think you're right, though. Which is dumb. It's so dumb. Let me use my Unix stuff. Is yeah, sorry, sorry, Jathan, I, I interrupted. But you're talking about... Derail. 
Well, so the other thing is, though, you know, like, I have a very strong frustration here because, like, there are salt modules for interacting with REST APIs. Sure. So that's somewhat viable. But Mm -hmm. it also means your API has to return reasonable response codes. Mm. Like, the check and set mechanism is just not there for most REST APIs, right? Like, yeah. the fact is, you have to do a get, parse the thing that you get back, and determine if something is there or set properly. Right. Well, I'm fine and then with go that ahead and as act long on as it. And, as and long you... as there was a way to reliably determine that. Because like HTTP status codes, there aren't a lot of unused ones. So you don't have a lot of actual address space to say like, okay, yep, this exists and it's gonna be this status code, you know? I mean you could use one that's undocumented, but yeah. the issue there is the clients won't necessarily know what to do with that. Yeah. Right. Right. Which is so, why most of them so just return two hundred is... or a five hundred or something. Yeah, so my question in part, I guess, if I was asking for some feedback from you guys, is like, how the hell would I even approach this problem? Like, I straight up don't have time to write a wrapper right now to do all this. Mm. I don't know how you solve this problem. Like, it's I know right, how you solve it, but I... Spend the time and do it. I mean, now, unfortunately, and there is be longer in the long run. There's a met- long run. There is an endpoint right. to... Well, we'll use adding a user as an example, right? Because it's the one you mentioned. Yep. There is an endpoint to check to get information about a user, correct? Yes. Given a username? Okay. And that will return a... It's basically a big JSON, you know. Okay. Now, will that return a non-200 if that user does not exist? So here's the problem is, you cannot just say, search for this user by name. You can say, show me all users, and then you have to filter it. But any subsequent requests, you need the ID, like the primary key of the user. So the UID. So that's the problem is there's so many transactions involved in doing any one thing. Yeah. Right. So like, you know, because reasonably we don't, I don't memorize the number, the ID in the table of all of these. Well, you shouldn't have to. Right. Of 400 users or whatever the case may be. So it'd be like this unnamed vendor disagrees, but yeah, you shouldn't have to. Right. So the thing is like, if I want to modify user Brent, like I know your username, that's it. So first Mm -hmm. I have to get a list of all users. Then I have to find the one whose name matches Brent. Then I have to take the ID, and then I, mean, I have to use that. That's literally why my... why usernames were existed in the first place because UIDs right. were too cumbersome. Yeah, right. Which is, I mean, it's a real problem. That's a very reasonable thing. Sure. So yeah, I, there's not a whole lot to say here. I guess this is just what I'm dealing with right now. I think it's fucking stupid. It really mm. pisses me off. I just don't understand the rationale. I don't think anybody should be. Now I will say that this particular vendor which again shall not be named, but it is a fairly popular vendor in the storage arena, the storage appliance arena. I am very surprised that there does not exist a library for interacting with that to take into account wrappers such as this that you don't have time to write. Yeah, you know, it is interesting, and I have done a good amount of looking. I mean, Mm -hmm. what I really wanted was somebody who banged out a couple of salt states Mm. that somehow worked. Well, you can still use like salt python states. Yeah, they didn't though. So, to the best <laughs> no, of saying, my knowledge... I'm saying you could. No, no, no. But, yeah, I get that. I could, but, but there's I, no, I don't want to do it. There's uh, no... <laughs> okay, well, now we're at the root of the problem. Yes. But there's no, like, Python library, for instance, no. for interacting with this vendor. Well, because it's uh, just a REST API. API, right? There's obviously requests. Well, so is Vault. So why would you... But there's a Python Vault client. Right, exactly. And something that wraps request, because that makes a lot of effing sense for exactly. something that complex. Although Vault does have check and set, so... Yes, they do. Yeah. Yeah, All right. that's... Well, that's a sticky situation. I would say 
you have, it looks like there's a missing gap where this library should exist, but does not. So it's not going to be the answer you like, because it means you actually have to maybe do work. But I would suggest yeah. writing that library. I agree. I think oh. you should just take the time. I mean, that is an idea, is I could just write it and publish it, and I'll be world famous and everyone will love me. Well, the donations will come pouring in. I feel like they'll oh, crown me. Uh, and they'll I feel put like me maybe on a bed of clams. You ran a little bit too far with that. No, no. <laughs> no, no. Way, Trust me, way, this is what will happen. I don't... Way too far with that. I don't think the world will, will suddenly adore no, you. Because no, a lot you... of people. A lot of people will adore me. <laughs> Harry Gull's wanting to buy a Maserati with his uh, fountain <laughs> and videos. Yeah, a lot right. of people this will be into just it. just like that. No. Jesus Christ. All right, no, let's get out of here. Let's get away from the self-aggrandizement for a moment. But seriously, seriously speaking, because that's a library that needs to exist, but doesn't. And it's right. one nobody's written. I fear it would be hard to maintain because I feel like the API is not stable. <laughs> do they have the API Wait, spec? The API isn't even stable, I mean, really? they, is it published? Does it? Have you confirmed that it changes between versions? We can no longer discuss any further details on air, but I'll tell you a really cool story when we're done. I'm going to take that as, yeah, it changes between <laughs> versions, which is shitty. That's even fuckier. Yeah. And that's which just is normally why there's like, no, hey, here's stable V1. Right. By the way, we're releasing V2, but we're not saying it's going to stay. So keep using V1 in production. Right. right. Yeah. Because it's... that's what normal people do. It's just kind of willy nilly. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Nilly willy. Don't even get me started. Okay, I, we're I leaving see. before I... Hey, by the way, I'm really glad we recorded this instead of watching the debates tonight, because apparently they were a shit show. Oh, mm -hmm. I'm sure they were. They always yeah. are. But, uh, you know, who's, who's surprised by that? Yeah. Yeah, not me. Not me either. So, yeah, I would still say, like, there are still ways of saying, like, okay, like, for this spec, use this code, you know, for this version of the API. But it sounds like you can't even get version numbers of the API. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That is just so that's that's a poorly designed API in my opinion. You know what? I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say you should have never given that vendor a dime because that's like it like doesn't it doesn't stop fix with you. the API, my friend. It, you should you should name and shame them. You really should. It doesn't I know who you're referring to and I still think you should name and shame I don't them. think he's contractually allowed to, but if you are in a position hopefully in the near future where you Take will be contract. able to Put it on the floor. Well, no. Pee all over we'll it we'll talk about this shit. after recording because there's an easier way yeah, of getting to that point. But sure, it sounds like you should not have used this vendor in the first place or this yeah. bought this appliance. And that might be that just might be something you have to suck up and live with. But yeah, yeah. how long is your how long is your contract? Time. I think years. I think it can reveal that at least years. It's years. Decades. No, not dec. What? No. Okay. If I had to guess, three to five. It's four years. more. Yeah. Okay. And you've had it for what? Two? One. One? <laughs> yeah, that's a five-year contract. That's... Yeah, you're in for a long road there. Thanks. Yeah, didn't didn't realize. <laughs> you, better, you better learn that API, like, back of your hand. Well, I did learn it, and then it changed. <laughs> so... did you... Now, Jathan, did you... Before you bought this product, did you read the docs? Oh, no, he did not. We're done Clearly here. He did not. We are done here. Clearly, he did not read the docs because he yeah. would have known. He would have known this. Yeah, no, but that does kind of <laughs> go into this other point of make sure you read reviews of appliances yep. before you get up. Yeah, so. yeah. All right, so many things to say. Okay. Yep. So I think we will close it out there. This is a good stopping point, I think. It has been a short episode. This yeah. is Bryn. I'm Jonathan. 
I'm Pete. See you around. <laughs>